Welcome to Stories with Drinks, a podcast where we over-psychoanalyze characters from our favorite movies, TV, and media. I'm Jennifer, she, her, hers. And I'm Tyler, he, his, him. And this time, we're going on a journey, a, a quest maybe. We have a goal to catch them all, to become a true master. Well, I want to be the very best like no one ever was, personally. Really? I mean, that, that, yeah. that works for me. We could truly <laughs> be the best, the best there ever was. But again, to catch them is my real quest. To, to train and to them. to train them is my cause. My yes, cause. correct. If you haven't figured it out yet, we are talking about the classic, the childhood and current day favorite of Pokemon. Yeah, and specifically we're talking about the anime. Yes. And I think we're both taking the perspective of like our early childhood 90s anime first generation when there was like 99 and not a bazillion. <gasps> 151, but yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, yes. Well, as a get to know you question, I thought we would mm-hmm. start back where all young Pokemon trainers start. And specifically Pilot Town? <laughs> exactly no specifically um well i guess so because we're gonna go to professor oaks center. all right yeah we are and starting in pallet town we're gonna start start there and we are presented with a choice the most important choice in a young pokemon trainer's life tyler what's your starter pokemon squirtle no hesitation that's my boy mine was gonna be squirtle too yeah War Turtle is my favorite Pokemon. Dead oh, okay. stop. I love War Turtle, which is the middle one of that particular evolutionary line. Yeah, War Turtle is my favorite Pokemon ever. So yeah. There you go. Yeah, easy. Squirtle. Easy. Easy. Done. Done. Uh, and when I played the original blue version back when it came out, I did indeed roll with my boy Squirtle uh, and got him all the way up to a Blastoise. Kicked butt. Did Beautiful. Did great. First video game I ever played. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I would choose Squirtle as well, but for the reason that, and this might be a spoiler for later, um, (laughs) them water Pokemons are the best. And it might be because it's associated with uh, the only real female protagonist in in the main triad. So... (laughs) Oh, they I got guess. one girl. They got one. I got one girl to look towards and and to be a favorite of. So well, or you could be a nurse or a police officer. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Um, nothing against Jesse from Team Rocket, but she was bad, and I didn't want to be the bad girl. I wanted to be the good guys. <laughs> yeah, she. Yeah, she. She is a bad person. It's true. Yes. Um. So yes, yeah, Squirtle all the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And easy. with that, Done. I mean, I think that was the easiest get to know you question that we've had. Just knew our yeah, answers. Quick. Done. Done. Let's get on the journey. Let's hit the road. Start to start to be the very best. And mm-hmm. Tyler, I do believe you have a new client. I do. I am. Uh, I'm not far from Pallet Town, actually. Uh, I, I'm seeing. I'm here in the Kanto region. I'm seeing some clients here in Pewter City. Uh, and I will be talking about my good buddy, Brock, who is in his late teens, uh, cisgender male, heterosexual. Uh, he's a gym leader in Pewter City. He is single. 
Uh, and he currently came in because he's having sev- several bouts of anger, feeling like he doesn't care anymore in regard to his gym leader duties. And it's just all around not feeling super great about his current position in life. So I asked him sort of, Brock, tell me a little bit about what's been going on. And he was like, well, I've got nine brothers and sisters and my dad left to go on a Pokemon journey a little while ago and hasn't come back. Uh, And Brock being the oldest is now in charge of taking care of all of his siblings and running the gym. And so he's not only you know, very young to be doing this. Let's let's just say he's 18 for sake of argument, which is kind of weird why he would be rolling around with a 10-year-old. But anyway, let's just say for sake of argument, he's an adult. That way we don't have to call CPS because uh, that would be exactly where we'd start if he wasn't. Um, but let's just say he's 18 uh, for sake of argument. And he is running a gym, working what is essentially a full-time job and taking care of all nine of his siblings. And he was expected to, after his father just kind of abandoned them. So he's been parentified. He's been thrown into a career that he just kind of doesn't really want. And he's starting to get angry and feel like he doesn't care. And we have a very a very good term for that. And I think a lot of us have heard this term over the last couple of years, especially burnout. Uh, we're gonna be talking about burnout with our good buddy Brock, who is getting, you know, like I said, bouts of anger, which I would start there because those are going to be the things that's most destructive to him. You know, apathy, while a symptom of burnout, is not necessarily going to be as destructive or disruptive in his life as anger is. So we're going to start with some basic anger management skills, especially because I think that's what he would come in for more than anything. And so start with just like, let's talk about anger. What is anger like for you? And The way that I do this with clients, especially when they're not sure about what anger is meaning for them, I I say that anger is typically a surface level emotion and there's usually something deeper going on there. And if I had to pick three things that could be going on there, it's hurt, helplessness, or fear. Brock, what do you feel is going on right now in your life? Do you feel it's hurt, helplessness, or fear? And I would take him through all three of them, say like, okay, what do you think about hurt? Maybe he goes, yeah, I, I feel like I'm resentful of my father for leaving us and putting me in this position that I don't really want to be in. All right. What about helplessness? Yeah. I don't feel like I can leave. I've got to take care of these kids and I've got to do this and I've got to, you know, do this job, even though I don't like it and I hate it. And I really don't like battling Pokemon. I would really like to be somebody who takes care of Pokemon. Cool. And what about fear? Yeah. I'm afraid this is never going to end. I'm afraid this is going to be this way forever and to say okay so then we know where the anger is coming from right it seems like you've got all three of these going on so how do we start moving through these feelings and getting them out in a constructive way so that you're not necessarily taking this into your work with you you're not taking it back home with you to your siblings it's in check and the first thing i would check in with with him as i would with any caregiver is how are you taking care of yourself what are you doing? And we've talked about this lot on here. So I won't retredge these uh, very well-worn trails right now, but the idea of like, how are you taking care of yourself? When do you exercise? When do you, what are you eat? Like, are you making food that is good and nutritious and healthy for you? Like good stuff. Are you, uh, 
are you, you know, you say you like taking care of Pokemon. How are you doing that in your off time? Like, what is the stuff that you enjoy? How are you pursuing your hobbies? All these things that for Brock would be so important, but are currently being neglected. And not to say that these things are going to solve his anger issues or his burnout. They're not. They're going to be like a Band-Aid as we work through the systemic stuff of what's going on here. And I would say like, hey, so are you in contact with your father? Do you have a way of getting in contact with him and telling him, hey, I'm done here. I don't want to do this anymore. If we say you don't want to be a gym leader anymore, what other careers do you want to like look into? You know, and if you can't get a hold of your father, you can't keep taking care of your siblings and you can't keep this job down. Is it possible we do talk about a child protective services investigation, not because it's what you want for your siblings, but because it might be what's best for them and for you, which is a really hard decision. It's really tough. Uh, and I would use uh, geek therapy. Let's just assume that the, the media that exists in our world exists in the Pokemon world. And I would say, look at one of my favorite movies of all time, Lilo and Stitch. That is a conversation that has to be had with their social worker in that movie of like, Nani, yes, you want Lilo to live with you and stay with you, but we have to do what's best for her. And let's assume Stitch would be a Pokemon and that it'd be a Mankey or something and not uh, this alien guy. But like, I would talk about that as well and say like, what is, you know, what is the best choice for your siblings? Is it for you to continue taking care of them? Is it for you to continue being a gym leader and having these really, you know, hard, deep discussions on what do you really want? And what do you, you know, you say you want to help Pokemon. What does that look like for you? Do you want to be a Pokemon breeder? Do you want to be a Pokemon nurse or Pokemon doctor? What do you want to end up becoming so that you can help Pokemon instead of fighting them all the time? And if that's the case, do you have to go to school for that? Do you have to stay with the researcher and work with them for that? Do you have to, you know, work at the Poke Center part-time for that? Okay, cool. Maybe then we have to talk about stepping away from the gym and stepping into another position that would be more in line with his career goals, his ultimate career goals. <clears throat> and maybe then he could still take care of his siblings because he'd have a job that might fit better or whatever might happen for him. Uh, the last little piece of this, just because uh, this is how Brock is as a character, and I wanted to address it for sure. Brock is a bit of a, a um, passionate man. We'll put it that way. Uh, Brock tends to fall in love with every woman that he sees. And after we get through some of this stuff that is what I would say with a client is the stuff that's on fire. Uh, this might be one of the things I work on with him because it's a little toxic. It's a little bit toxic masculinity bit of him just like, yes, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen to every single woman he meets. And it's like, okay, buddy, we need to, I love that you're passionate. I love your, you know, I love that you're, you're ready to throw yourself in there. And we need to learn how to communicate these feelings in a way that's not going to make you come across as somebody who's way too strong, way too quickly. And also as somebody who's not just like really creepy. And I would, if I had a good enough rapport with him, I would probably use that word. Uh, I know that for a lot of men, myself included, that word is pretty triggering uh, because that's one of the things like you don't want people to see you as really a lot. And so if somebody brought it up and was like, what do you mean I'm being a creep? You know, people could get defensive. But if I had really good rapport with him, I would like hide it in a joke, like make it a little softer with some humor and then say, but actually, like, let's dig into this. Like, what 
for you, what is the reason of wanting to pursue someone so completely and fully so quickly? Uh, and getting to sort of talk to him about what's going on there for him. And, you know, if it's maybe some sort of defense mechanism that he has up where it's like, yeah, I never have to really commit to anybody if I just tell everybody I love them and I want to be with them forever. And I think they're the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Then I don't actually have to commit. There's no fear there. There's no real vulnerability there. It's just me being me and then saying, okay, well, then maybe we dig into that a little bit. And we say, maybe you try like you can flirt with whoever you want to flirt with. Like flirting is a totally normal behavior that I think should be more normalized for people where like you can flirt with anybody really, if you really want to. Um, but also know that if you're going to declare your love for somebody, maybe save that for people who you have gone on a couple dates with, uh, have been seeing for a little while and then going, wow, you're, you know, you're the most beautiful person I've ever seen kind of a thing comes across a lot more genuine when you actually know the person a little bit. And that would really be the last piece. Uh, I, I would think that over time, this would really help him. And in an alternate universe where he doesn't, where his dad doesn't come back and he doesn't go traveling with a certain 10 year old, like this would be a great way for him to experience some growth, experience some movement towards what he wants in a way that sort of fits in the lifestyle he already has. So that's Brock. Absolutely. I, I'd always love to see how Brock would respond if a girl was like, okay, yeah, let's do this. Cause yeah. I could imagine that defense of like, oh no, like this was about the chase, not the victory mm -hmm. of it. Cause there is a, yeah. probably a part of him that wouldn't know how to respond to that. And also the reality of, I have to go back home and take care of my siblings. I don't really yeah. have time for this. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And like, that is sort of the thing later on in his timeline in the show, they travel to the Orange Islands and he like, leave, he like stays with Professor Ivy, I think is her name. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's this very, um, you know, anime character, like she wears a swimsuit with a lab coat over it. Yeah. Like, you know, very anime design. Uh, and afterward Brock eventually leaves her like staying with her and caring for Pokemon with her and then he won't talk about what happened like he just <laughs> doesn't talk about what happened with her and it is sort of that situation where he flirts with her and she's like yeah okay yeah and then like he ends up getting heartbroken by her essentially mm -hmm. and is like I don't talk about it and anytime somebody brings it up he gets really like dour mm -hmm. about it so it's like yeah uh he eventually does have that happen and it like kind of crushes him yeah, so it's absolutely you know, it is that kind of, I think, a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so hard because, again, that that flirtation should be like a part of somewhat like normal, normalized, like as long as everyone's consenting, we can have this kind of flirtatious play. Yeah. But then when do you become a creep? And let's talk about that and not yes. not shame or judge, but just talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Pushing it too far. Right. Like, yep. There, there are ways to push it way too far. There's a very big difference between sort of flirtatiously complimenting somebody you're platonic with than saying something overtly sexual. Yes. Like that is sort of, you know, a very extreme example of where the line kind of is. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So why Brock? Yeah. Um, well, he's one of the main trio and he's the closest to being an adult. And we hadn't really talked that much about somebody who's parentified and burnt out in this way. Um, I kind of chose it because career burnout, especially is something that's very common right now. 
um, turns out when you have a ton of global history making events happen over and over and over again, people start getting a little fed up with the way that the systems in place are failing them. Huh. Uh, and really? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hmm. interesting, right? Wow. Uh, wow. And a lot of workplaces are kind of failing people and have been failing mm -hmm. people, you know, where, you know, there was a, a really weird transition during the first part of the pandemic. And then, you know, later on, uh, social unrest and like, okay, are, which corporations are giving to which causes? And mm -hmm. now we have geopolitical unrest and it's the same sort of a deal. Like who supports what side? Who do I give my money to? Or who do I spend my time with investing my personal time to? Mm -hmm. And people are getting more and more burnt out. And we're seeing more conversations about things like a four-day work week or better vacation benefits, people wanting to work for more money and not getting those that pay. So they're deciding to go work somewhere else. And people are saying, oh no, nobody wants to work anymore. And the actual, you know, second half of that sentence is nobody wants to work for it anymore for the wage that you're paying them. Yeah. Uh, and so it's becoming this very culture war sort of thing against a lot of the systems that have been in place mm -hmm. around work that are not healthy for people. So I thought this would be something that might ring true for a lot of people. Absolutely. I know I've had my fair share of jobs where I've had burnout. Um, mm -hmm. So I thought, you know, hey, maybe bring it in here a Absolutely. little as well. It's been a conversation lately within clients of like, I, I don't know what's going on. I just feel a little bit more anxious and a little bit more burnt out this week. And then we take a pause of like, even if your daily life hasn't changed that much, look at everything else going on in the world mm -hmm. and then look at what gets brought into your daily life and let's just think let's just be mindful mm -hmm. burnout's real yeah take care of yourself yeah the way that i talk about it with clients is like the statistic is that humans were meant to live in pods of 80 to 100 people yeah not know that 7 billion other people exist and not only that know all of the strife and the struggle that are going on with the other 7 billion people we were known we were supposed to be built for smaller groups not being plugged into news all the time, not being plugged into data all the time. And here we are. And people are really, really neurotic and anxious mm -hmm. because we're not working in a way that was intended. Our brains haven't caught up evolutionarily to the technology that we have. Yeah. The, the pros and cons of all of it, we get to be informed and we're informed. Yeah. And it's heavy sometimes. So mm -hmm. take care of yourself. And, the, and also the things that are, you know, broadcast are designed to keep you engaged with it. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're necessarily being informed on all of the nice things. It's that you're mostly being informed on all the things that are scary yes. because that is a sort of way that it flips a switch in your brain that goes, oh, I need to know more about this. I think the, the clinical term is doom scrolling. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Doom scroll. Do not doom scroll, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the thing being like, I don't ask clients to do things that I can't do. Yes. <laughs> so I would never outlaw doom scrolling because I can't stop myself from mm -hmm. doom scrolling sometimes. There's, I was telling a client about this where I was like, I feel like I have to be informed so that way my clients aren't doing the legwork mm -hmm. that is necessary to do therapy and understand each other. For example, there's a lot of states in the south, uh, southern area of the United States currently that are, that are pushing through anti-LGBTQ plus legislation. And... I work with a lot of LGBTQ plus clients. And so I am keeping myself very informed and very aware of what's going on there. 
because I know my clients are thinking about it and worrying about it and wanting oh, to talk about it. Yes. And it's not and their job to do the legwork. It's mine. No, absolutely. And there is still that healthy balance of like, I'm going to schedule a half hour of doing my research today. And then I'm going to take a pause. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go watch videos of Pokemon having <laughs> cute dance parties. Yeah. And then I'm going to come back to the news. Yeah. You know, when we start just, I think the doom scrolling is the click at 2 a.m. Yes. And we're not going to bed. And we haven't looked away from our phone in the dark versus what is going on in the world? How can I stay informed and up to date with it? Yeah. Uh, either uh, for me, it's right when I get up, actually. It's the okay. first thing I do is check the news, which I'm sure is not great for me. Um, but it's the first thing I do in the morning because it's kind of like, well, what happened overnight, especially yeah. with the geopolitical stuff that's happening now when we're asleep, they're awake. So it's like what happened overnight that I need to be aware of. Um, but yeah, so anyway <laughs> yes pokemon woo pokemon yeah <laughs> i mean the history of pokemon and like the whole like secret lore and not so secret lore of it is very very much this topic that these kids oh yeah be dealing with on a daily basis and then they wonder why they're so burnt out well yeah and it's the world where 10 year olds are normalized to go like journey across the country right <laughs> Just with like themselves. a bunch of a bunch of animals that are like wild that they can catch and tame and train that it's, can also like beat them up and yeah make them unconscious and like i was watching an episode recently i think it was just Mankey. okay came out of like their little trail and ash pissed them off yeah. and then the next thing you know they have a, a wild Mankey beating them up yeah they're 10 yeah, and that's the thing. If you haven't met a 10-year-old lately, they're not that old. No. <laughs> they're not necessarily super capable. Um, You're looking at like fifth grade. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's pretty wild, but it's also a world where there have been wars and things. Mm-hmm. And like there are, you know, there are hints to that in the first game series and the first anime series. Uh, one of the other gym leaders that we that we're not talking about is Lieutenant Surge, uh, and he's a lieutenant in the army. Uh, and they're like, "What army?" I and mean, in the games, when you fight him, he's like, "Yeah, I fought in the war." And you're like, "What war?" Right. Um, right, exactly. So all of those things that are happening in their world, they just don't disappear. Yeah. And just because they're a kid, I think they get affected more at times because they're trying to interpret these large adult concepts through the mind of a child who's been parentified absolutely so, yeah it's interesting stuff so yeah so that's why bro that's why he's all, all all of that because he's cool <laughs> all of that yes because he's a good cook and he likes to take care of people yes indeed <laughs> well thank you mm-hmm. and with that we will take a short break Hey y'all, this is Jennifer. We wanted to reach out and let you all know that we are on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stories with Shrinks and on Twitter, Shrink Stories. We post before episodes, little sneak peeks about what we're talking about and trying to engage more with our community about the topic. You can find that and join the story with us online. Welcome back to Stories with Shrinks where we are talking about characters from the Pokemon anime. 
I just wrapped up talking about Barack and Jen, I believe you also have a new client. I do have a new client. I am actually a little farther away from you in Cerulean City. And I am working with a 13-year-old-ish early teenage girl named Misty. She's female cisgender client. She's the youngest of three sisters and is currently running the Cerulean gym on her own. And she is coming in to process, again, as Brock, we explained what just the feelings of like overwhelmed of running your own gym and what this means to take this over and then processing a transition in her life. So she recently left a group of her best friends that she had been traveling with for a long time and they left under kind of rocky terms they were able to regroup and knew at the end that they were friends and things were good but it still left on rocky terms when she described that one of the main reasons she had gone on this journey with these these strangers at this time was because this random kid stole her bike and she was extremely upset and wanted to make sure she got her bike back but became friends and continued to travel together and when the bike was replaced it was around roughly the same time that her sisters were going to go off and do their own thing and she was going to take over the gym and there was a little bit of miscommunication that maybe the only reason they'd stayed together was because ash had broken her bike and they got in a fight and she was really concerned that like was this the terms like was this the final conversation and then also why did it get so built up why was there this miscommunication what's happening that she can't express herself maybe in the the clearest way and she did describe that the friendship did come to a, a point where they knew that they were there for each other but still how do we then change roles in our friendships and understanding that she's also a 13 year old teenage girl 13 year old ish so when we're talking to misty i think the biggest thing to understand in on our sessions together is when she's coming in consenting for her own therapy and we're going to use the rules and reality of pokemon where there isn't a cps need for a 13 year old managing her own business and being on her own and lack of caregivers aside in our world that would be a cps report needed even just to give her some help and guidance and we're talking to a child who's talking like an adult and yet has 13 year old developmental brain and when we think about those early teenage years, especially coming from the stereotypical perspective of a female individual who's cisgender, what it means to be going through this hormonal change, what it means to be transitioning from young childhood into our teenage years, while also being very much parentified. So to slow it down a little bit, taking it just step by step in her journey, I would talk about one what is like to run your own gym? What is it like to take over from your sisters? And what was your relationship with your sisters like? And she described constantly being bullied by her sisters growing up and developing what we would describe as like an inferiority complex because of it. I'm never going to be good enough. I was never 
able to be as good as they were, as perfect as they were, as pretty as they were, as smart as they were. So dang it, I'm going to prove it. I am going to constantly try to one up and prove that I am capable. I am able to do these things. And for her, that comes a lot out in these angry outbursts or very overprotective behavior. And how do we navigate this now? How do we better communicate what our feelings and our needs are? And talking to her about that journey of hormones. Have you noticed if you're more emotional certain times of the month? And has anyone ever talked to you about this? And it's okay to talk about this. When I do talk to clients that deal with their periods and have a uterus, we talk about what it means to kind of feel like you're out of control and then also not subject all of our feelings towards that because that's not fair and that sucks that women kind of get put into that category of, oh, it's just your hormones, it's just your feelings, you'll be fine. But does it have a role in her life? And has anyone really talked to her about this because you've been kind of traveling on your own for the past couple of years and you've been hanging out with two guys that are probably clueless to the female experience in this way? Who talked to you about this? Where are your parents, child? And how do we navigate this? And I'm very forthcoming with clients and we talk about these things and we make it a very direct conversation. So I'd have no problems doing this with her as well um, to her comfort level and to her wanting to talk about these things. But going back to her sisters, what were her role as the youngest of these three and how did their relationship with her influence like family communication styles and how she communicate with her friends how did her lack of support from her sisters help her develop a very independent very spirited personality in a very positive way too looking at her strengths of what she's been able to do for herself these years and how she has kind of taken the role of like a caregiver motherly pull the boys by their ears when necessary to get them out of sticky situations (laughs) role and then talk about the pressures of doing all of that at 13 again coming back to that point of parentification you did kind of become the mom to these two boys for the longest time and you got to be the friend and the mom and also the jealous friend at times while the guys are flaunting over these other girls what did it feel like for you to kind of be on the outside of that and have to watch all of these things happen and then now how do we change roles we're changing the role in our life from child into teenagehood from the little sister who didn't have that much say in the family business to now running the family business and watching your sisters go off and do their own thing, which you once got shamed for in a lot of different ways because you're doing this because you're not good enough to run the gym. And then also changing your role in your friendships. You're not going to be there every day. And that fear of losing our friendships. And at those early teenage years, our friendships are such a part of our identity building. What does it mean to walk away from that and not having our friends there every day for us? How do we develop new friendships and new emotional bonds when we're taking over and doing more responsibility at home and giving her a place to process those feelings and give her a place to be herself and at times still be a kid with her? I feel like she would want to do more just general talk therapy style 
but I would purposely incorporate the art and the play and board games or something that she gets to identify with as a younger part of herself mm-hmm. and talk to her child self. What does she need right now? A common exercise I do even with adults as we talk about different developmental stages in our life is, you know, think back to that little, that little child in you. Can you describe them for me? What were their interests? What did they like? So for instance, for her identifying a lot with those water Pokemon and the ocean and pools and swimming, is there something we can do now as an adult that honors that little kid in you? So for adults that I work with now, let's say, I really liked watching Pokemon when I grow up, when I was growing mm-hmm. up. Great. What would it be like to turn on Netflix and watch an episode of Pokemon now as an adult being mindful of that kid self, giving yourself permission to like these things and watch these things with no shame, no judgment, and no parents saying, no, you have to go do your homework now and give ourselves that opportunity and allow her to do that for her younger selves as well. And even talking to that younger self of what would you wanted your older sisters to say to you or do with you? How would you have wanted your older sisters to talk to you back then? And can we give that encouragement to ourselves now and talk to her about the lack of parental parent roles and what it means in her world and her culture? Like what are the roles of parents in your life so you've seen a lot of your friends wander off and not really have that parental guideline so not placing my views of what a parent should be onto them and talk about well what your what are your views of parents and their role in your life and how do you navigate this and again giving her that opportunity to just have a place that she doesn't have to be a gym leader she doesn't have to be the friend to ash the the hero or brock it's just you and you get to be the, the expert in your life and you get to have that mastery in your life. And let's have some fun exploring these different communication styles and roles in your world and giving her an opportunity to figure out who she is outside of her sisters and her friends mm-hmm. and the Pokemon gym leader. Who is it just to be Misty? And I think that's where we'll end it for her right now because that would be kind of how we would go about things Mm -hmm. and so absolutely the inner child work I think speaks to me I've been doing that a lot with a couple people lately in my in my time where we're not recording podcasts uh and it's just so powerful Mm -hmm. to see that stuff work out and to see people start honoring that just because you're an adult doesn't mean that you stopped being a kid. Uh, And in fact, most of us uh, are still just the kid. You know, the joke I always make that every adult feels like three kids in a trench coat. Uh, And I feel like that, you know, getting in touch with those parts of yourself is what's helpful. And the example I give to clients is like, I am a huge Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. It's so good. And I even love the sequel trilogy. And this is the secret to loving all forms of Star Wars. Go in, imagine your little seven, six, five-year-old self and put them on your lap and go, here, buddy, this one's for you. Yes. And then you'll love every single Star Wars because you're watching it through the eyes of like, stuff is blowing up there's lightsaber there's lightsaber battles people are moving stuff with their minds 
it, it's all good. Right. And I think we lose track of that as we become ad- adults and things need to be serious. And it's like, nah, some things can just be fun. It's Absolutely. totally okay. Absolutely. I know I commonly talk to clients about when we're growing up, it's play and play and go play, go have fun, go play. And then that play transitions into, okay, let's do organized play called sports or dance. And there's these rules and there's like rehearsals and practices and gymnastics and let's add competitiveness to it. And then we transition into high school and then it gets really serious. And sometimes we're allowed to play in college if we do sports but that's pretty much it and then we transition and no more playing it's just work Mm -hmm. go to your job make money pay rent but for a majority of our narrative up to that point we were allowed systems to play why can't we reintroduce that you know you want to go home and play a game or go do sports as an adult even if you're not amazing at it or you want to watch a cartoon on the weekends, who's stopping you? Well, it's for kids. Says who? A social construct that we're not supposed to like these things anymore because we aged out of them? I was watching Pokemon and I was almost more amused now than I was when I was a kid. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even like I was thinking Disney Pixar, our stuff is not yes. written for children no, anymore it's pretty much written for adults and children might like it too yes. <laughs> it's kind of how when it is frozen 2 came out they distinctly said these were for the kids who watched frozen 1 like and i by kids i mean maybe six through ninth grade yeah that's that movie who have grown up yeah it's meant to transition with not go back in time with yeah just because the toys are marketed to young adults or sorry young children us young adults can enjoy it. Our middle-aged adults can enjoy it. Us older adults can enjoy it. And I would say that the toys are marketed towards uh, people of our generation anyway. Oh, now. absolutely. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I don't have uh, any any toys around. No. Nope. Nope. There's no pop figures, Legos, minifigures. There's I was not say a whole that... shelf dedicated to Rapunzel. No. Mm-mm. I was going to... I was like, we're in an audio format. I was going to like hide all my pop figures real quick, but... <laughs> Or an audio format. But yeah, I mean, it's just like, like what you like and don't be upset or shamed about what you enjoy because that's what you like and that's okay. Absolutely. All right. And then final question, as always, what made you pick Misty? So growing, I think I've described this before, growing up as a girl in the 90s, you can't like Pokemon. It's not cool. You can't, you can't like that nerdy stuff. And I did. And Misty was one of the reasons why I connected it to it so well. It was the, and a lot of this is such a stereotype of like, I want to say shows of our generation was, okay, here's the one female character for girls to attach to of the guy heroes. Okay. But it worked. Misty was cool. She was a girl. She was going out and being just as cool as the guys. She had her Pokemon. She was a gym leader and she was allowed a personality. And she, and this is a big one for me. She wasn't half naked all the time. She did have somewhat normal clothes coverage, (laughs) coverage. Um, So that was, it was just cool to see another female on the on pokemon doing what the guys were doing 
and she wasn't a one-note character either she had a lot to her and as someone with an older sister I could relate to a lot and being the Mm -hmm. youngest and she deserves a little bit more time than than she sometimes gets yeah I agree she's definitely not like the the like you know basic sidekick girl love interesty mm-hmm. kind of character she, she wasn't is there very... just to be ash or brock's girlfriend yeah no she's she is uh she is blunt and out there and uh has a temper and is allowed to be a 13 year old girl mm-hmm. uh she's actually a pretty good depiction of what that's like yeah yeah so yeah i, I agree pretty cool yeah all right well that's us for this time thank you all for listening so much and if you liked what you heard you can follow us on instagram at stories with shrinks or you can leave us a review answer the get to know you question on spotify if you want to do that tell your friends about us really whatever you want to do about it really if all you really want to do is come back for another one next time then come back for another one next time we'll do that too Uh, other than that though take care everyone and take care of yourselves as always Yes, be kind and gentle with yourself, y'all. Bye. Bye. Stories with Shrinks is an entertainment and education podcast. Our views are our own and should not be considered canon or associated with any of the media or universes we discuss. And thank you to Purple Planet Music for our theme song, Phoenix Rising. You can find music for all your podcasting or YouTube needs at www.purple-planet.com.